Hey Central, thanks for joining me for another weekly update. I hope you've been enjoying our sermon series called Hashtag Blessed, where we have been looking at Jesus' vision of the good life, the good life according to Jesus. So counterintuitive, so countercultural, and yet at a moment like this, when we are seeing so many of our uh, luxuries and pleasures being pulled from us, removed from us so quickly, it just really confirms what the scriptures say about what really matters and what's truly secure, the hope and the rest and the joy that we can find in Jesus, no matter what's going on. Um, We're getting a lot of updates, um, regular updates, both provincially and nationally. And of course, we're keeping close tabs on that, um, trying to figure out as we go, like everybody, um, uh, trying to figure out uh, when we can uh, have phases and what those phases and transitions towards um, normal, the normal way of life look like. And trying to do that wisely, safely, uh, conscientiously is a great challenge, of course. And yet, um, uh, we are seeing that it's going to be a good long while, really, until um, there's a vaccine or herd immunity, which means there's going to be a good long while before we can meet in church gatherings, Sunday morning, our Saturday night service in Lake Iraq, before we can have those large-scale gatherings again. And so uh, we thank you that you continue to uh, be wise about these things. Our life groups continue to meet virtually. We ask that you would continue to do so. Um, We also recognize that opportunities will arise in certain clusters and numbers, such as under 50, while still uh, holding to the strict guidelines of distancing and and health precautions, and ideally those being big open spaces like outside. And so uh, we're going to keep you informed. I've been in touch with our life group leaders. Our elders continue to uh, meet uh, virtually um, to figure out these phases. And so um, we will keep you informed. Uh, And we thank you that for now, you continue to meet virtually in smaller groups, whether it's youth, uh, whether it's life groups, and of course, um, gathering, in a way, (laughs) every Sunday uh, around the Word and praising God together through our online services. Um, I want to praise God because I'm hearing from a number of our life group leaders that uh, involvement in life groups, even while being by virtual means, the consistency of attendance is way higher than it was before. We're recognizing that this group, this community is um, really, really important in this season. And so some good things are happening um, in that right now. Um, We've had a number of people start to reach out to us online and let us know that they've come across us and are participating in our services and they've never set foot in our buildings before. So that's kind of new. Um, and we thank God for that. And so I hosted a baptism and ministry partnership class online a couple weeks ago, and it's the biggest one we've had in quite a long time. People are still wanting to take steps with Jesus in baptism and ministry partnership. And so that's really exciting.
Starting on May 18th, um, we're going to do a two-week course. It's Secret Church Content, which is really wonderful Bible teaching. It's available online. We're, we're breaking it up into two hours of video per week. Whenever you can watch it, you can do that. There's a study guide. You can fill in the blanks and run that. And so four hours of work uh, over the course of a couple weeks, and then that culminates in a Zoom dialogue where everybody who took the class, I'll facilitate the first one, and we'll hop on there, share about our learnings, and also pray for the church globally together. So we just invite you, go over to our secret church page on our website. Somebody was confused. They're like, this isn't a time for the church to be secret. And it's like, no, that's just the name. <laughs> Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ um, do need to meet in secret because of persecution. And so while we don't have the luxury to meet in person, we nonetheless can continue to utilize wonderful tools like this to grow in our knowledge of God, even while we can't physically meet. Um, we're praying that it it really feeds, nourishes souls and faith, and uh, and we continue to be trained as disciples of Jesus in a time like this. I've been reading through uh, John Piper's latest book, and it's free. You can go online, just Google Coronavirus and Christ by John Piper, and you will find uh, multiple platforms are making it available for free. If you read on a Kindle, if you read, want to read the PDF, if you want to listen to him over MP3, read it to you. All of those are available for free. And it's a really helpful book for this moment to try and make sense of everything that's going on. The book has two parts. Part one is the God who reigns over the coronavirus. And part two is what is God doing through the coronavirus? And I just want to share uh, something, uh, focus in on one aspect of the book that I've found really helpful uh, right now. The, the Bible tells us that God is good, and the Bible also tells us that God is sovereign. And so a question that you may ask or someone around you may be asking or it's percolating in your mind in some way is this question of how do we reconcile God's sovereignty when we struggle to see his goodness during a pandemic of a virus that we can't see, that, that, that the sovereignty of God and the goodness of God, how do we make sense of both of those things right now? If God is sovereign, if he's in control of all things, that nothing is outside of his doing and permissions, uh, then, then, then how is God also good? Because this has been obviously uh, caused many deaths and a lot of pain for people, for families around the world. So this question of God's sovereignty and goodness, you know, they're often pitted against each other. And Charles Spurgeon famously responded to this idea of God's sovereignty and God's goodness is why would you want to reconcile friends? Meaning we, we, we shouldn't have to do some big juggling act um, to uh, affirm two aspects of God's character that get along just fine. But Scenarios like COVID-19 really do um, call into question this, this dual nature of God, that, that he, he, he is sovereign, yes, and he's also good. So how do I make sense of that? And so uh, Piper in his book expounds on this, and he shares about... Um, <sighs> about a couple things. The one thing, one response he has is knowing that the same sovereignty that could stop the virus and doesn't 
is the sovereignty that sustains the soul in it. Knowing that the same sovereignty that could stop the virus and doesn't is the sovereignty that sustains the soul in it. If God, if I give up sovereignty in, a, in an attempt to protect his goodness, which, which, which people are tempted to do, we've watched this unfold. If I give up sovereignty in an attempt to protect his goodness, I give up the very power that enables him to work all things together for my good, to quote Romans 8. Secondly, to realize that God's sovereignty is purposeful it is really important in this moment. And since it's purposeful and he's good and wise, his purposes are always good, even if you can't see all of them. And so, so God has billions of purposes in this, right? There are 7 billion people in the world that are affected in one way, shape, or form by this. And, and say God has at least 10 purposes for each person affected by the coronavirus. That's 70 billion purposes. And if you're anything like me, you've maybe seen, okay, I, I see one reason why maybe God's allowing this. Like that, that's, that's a, a small percentage. Piper wrote, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life. And you may be aware of three of them. I think that's the point. We, we, we know this because the Bible is true. We see this in the story of Joseph, right? What his brothers meant for evil, we see in Genesis chapter 50, God meant it for good. So the goodness and the sovereignty of God are friends. They're not at odds. And God's purposefulness in all of his painful providences are good. And so that's just a reminder that, that God is good and you can trust him, that his purposes are ultimately um, working together for the good of those who love him. The end of his book, he, he writes a prayer, a closing prayer, and I'd like to pray it for us. Father, at our best moments, by your grace, we are not sleeping in Gethsemane. We are awake and listening to your son's prayer. He knows deep down that he must suffer, but in his perfect humanity, he cries out, if it is possible, let this cup pass. In the same way, we sense deep down that this pandemic is appointed in your wisdom for good and necessary purposes. We too must suffer. Your son was innocent, we are not. Yet with him in our less than perfect humanity, we cry, we too cry out, if it is possible, let this cup pass. Do quickly, O Lord, the painful, just, and merciful work you have resolved to do. Do not linger in judgment. Do not delay your compassion. Remember the poor, O Lord, according to your mercy. Do not forget the cry of the afflicted. Grant recovery, grant a cure. Deliver us, your poor, helpless creatures, from these sorrows, we pray. But do not waste our misery and grief, O Lord. Purify your people from powerless preoccupation with barren materialism and Christless entertainment. Put our mouths out of taste with the bait of Satan. 
Cut from us the roots and remnant of pride and hate and unjust ways. Grant us capacities of outrage at our own belittling of your glory. Open the eyes of our hearts to see and savor the beauty of Christ. Incline our hearts to your word, your son, and your way. Fill us with compassionate courage and make a name for yourself in the way your people serve. Stretch forth your hand in great awakening for the sake of this perishing world. Let the terrible words of revelation not be spoken over this generation, yet still they did not repent. As you have stricken bodies, strike now the slumbering souls. Forbid that they would remain asleep in the darkness of pride and unbelief. In your great mercy, say to these bones, live and bring the hearts and lives of millions into alignment with the infinite worth of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.